Good day, nerds. This is Megan coming at you with another Cantina conversation. Today, we welcome back Tracy Clark. She, we interviewed her uh, in 2021, talking about um, a book in her Cast Rain series, and now she's starting a new series. The first book is called Hide, and it is releasing on January 1st, so just a couple days, or maybe if you're listening to this later, it's already available. But either way, go get it. This, you know, she knows how to write crime, suspense, thriller, all that. But yeah, so without further ado, here's Tracy Clark. Okay, today we've got Tracy Clark here. We're welcoming her back for a second time on um, the Nerd Cantina. To this time, we're talking about Hyde. It comes out on January 1st on New Year's Day. But if you're a Prime member, um, you've probably seen it on Amazon's first reads. It's available now if you're if you're a part of that program. Otherwise, it comes out in a couple weeks. So yeah. no, don't need to wait too long. <laughs> um, Tracy, welcome back. So excited to uh, check out this new series, this new character. Still set in the lovely hometown Chicago. And it was, I'm always a sucker um, for like th- suspense and thrillers. And, you know, you are, you're always very good at doing that. You, you know how to write suspense and thrillers. So I was very excited to, to read it and to dive a little bit deeper today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Let's get started. Let's talk about yeah. hide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, can you give like a little synopsis of uh, this new book so that people can follow along with the conversation? Uh, well, Hyde starts uh, a new series and it's got a new uh, African-American lead protagonist. It is Detective Harriet Foster. And when we meet Harriet, she is joining a new district, uh, a new team she's heading up. Um, she's coming off a couple of months of sort of personal time where something sort of uh, tragic sort of happened. And she's sort of not sure uh, when we first meet her whether or not she's ready to sort of re-up again and, and get into the sort of swing of, of being a police detective. But we meet her. And the first case right off the bat is a, sort of a gruesome murder. Uh, sort of a, a young woman is found on the Riverwalk here in Chicago. And that turns out to be just the first of a couple of series of bodies that her team finds. And they quickly learn that they are sort of dealing with a pretty craven uh, serial killer. Now she's got all this stuff, this weight, this emotional stuff that she's dealing with, a new team, new district, new boss. uh, And now she has to find a serial killer. So hunting the streets of Chicago looking for this person, and she's dealing with all of that. So that's Hyde in a nutshell. And, um, you know, it's kind of sort of more gruesome, more than I, than I'm used, sort of used to. I'm writing a PI series, the last one I did, so the sort of snarky and sort of light. Uh, this is a little uh, more thrillerish, uh, more suspense, not too gruesome, you know, in terms of details, but, you know, serial killers are serial killers. So that's what she's up against, getting acclimated to this new team, one of these detectives uh she sort of clashes with right off the bat so you know complication on top of complication on top of complication which is all this good stuff that writers sort of like to sort of give their readers to sort of deal with yeah there's a lot of layers there there's like a lot of there's a handful of characters where it's not too many but you're like okay who do we need to pay attention to (laughs) (laughs) you know but that's the beauty of of writing um a thriller uh, suspense like mystery type novel because you don't want to you know you still want you want to make the reader work a little bit you want to like 
you want to lead them on. You want to keep the ruse up for a while, like before they start to connect the dots. You know, you want to throw them off the trail. Cause I, I, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a sucker for them and I have always been okay with like being a little slower to catch on and to mm-hmm. like suspect people. But I feel like with this one, I, I don't know if like I'm just becoming more experienced, but. I was fooled around for a little bit, but then I was like, oh no, wait, this, it was this person totally did it. And that, but that, it didn't ruin it for me. I was just like excited to like, mm-hmm. it's like waiting for the big reveal or waiting to mm-hmm. see if I'm like, my suspicions were right. So, um, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the characters, even the like, you know, horrible ones. Um, Lonergan, <laughs> he was, yeah, he was something else. Um, but I don't know. I, it's almost to a point where like, okay, what, what is he going to say now? Like what, what, like you're just kind of anticipating the next, you, um, wisecrack, you know? And you would sort of think that those people could not exist on any police department, but the police people that I sort of talked to have worked with people like that. Every last one of them has met a Lonergan. Um, I thought I went too far. Uh, there's possibly no <laughs> way in, in the world that any police detective could operate this way and still have a job and yet they do um so (laughs) anything to sort of complicate the mix uh anything to sort of add a little another knife stick another needle prick uh just to sort of raw things up for her so yeah that's my job as the writer to sort of keep all of these plates spinning uh to make complication on top of complication and then still see where she goes um does that uh steeped tea out of tea sort of weaken or does she strengthen um, does she rise or does she fall? Um, and that's the sort of fun for me to sort of create these characters that I then put through trauma and to see where they where they end up. Do they rise or fall? So that's the fun part for me. Uh, plot's also important. And I sort of have to pay a certain amount of attention to that <laughs> at some point. But I'm, I'm writing basically uh, character driven novels. Uh, that's where my interest is. Uh, I think that's where I sort of uh, pay a little bit more attention. And then, you know, whatever happens, whatever body falls, then I sort of figure out the case, whatever the case is. But, you know, this character one and then plot second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah book, books need that little thing, you know. Yeah, they kind of need it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> <Darn> it. <laughs> so anybody who's listened to interview before that you did with us kind of like have an idea of like your background um so we don't have to go over that but like so your first series was the cast rain series um and i really did like cast so what made you kind of like want to switch gears and start with a new character start with the new series instead of just continuing to build upon something you had already established um mm-hmm. you know was it like character driven or because you know they're both set in chicago they're both of this similar professions even even though Cass is like she left the force and she's a pi now so mm-hmm. like that's that is a significant enough like change in within that that profession so yeah like kind of what what were you feeling out what what made you want to start start off a new series and maybe kind of also go into like how like what were the biggest challenges of like creating a new character and Mm -hmm. and having her shine in her own way well i would like to say the decision to sort of switch was mine uh but kensington uh contracted for four i gave them four uh they didn't ask for a fifth so you know there i am with my little my little laptop uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, ready to, I'm ready to do cast five, uh, but, you know, there is not to be. So um, three weeks later, I had another deal. So uh, it wasn't like I had to sort of 
scrounge around looking for yeah. something. Agent sort of kicked into overdrive and somebody picked it up almost immediately. And then they asked me, well, what do you think you would like to write about? Um, well, I couldn't write another PI, could I? I mean, I probably could, but you know, you have an opportunity. Uh, you may as well sort of see what else you can do. So I gave them a couple of suggestions of what I might think I might want to write about. And they took the first one, that's Harriet. And then I had to find a voice because I've been living with Cass so long. Uh, she's been in my head since probably the, around the age of 12 or 13. She just would yeah. not shut up. And then you have to sort of <laughs> switch, right? You have to find, if you don't have that voice to sort of play with, you've got to find a new one. And it took me a little time to sort of learn who Harriet was. Um, she's a little older than Cass is. She's got a past. She's divorced. Um, she's had stuff happen to her. She's lived a full life like most of us have. Uh, but her voice was sort of slow to come to me because Cass was still sort of in the back saying, uh, excuse me, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite done. Uh, you sort of left me at a weird spot. Uh, what we're going to do with that? You know, so Harriet was slow to come to me. Uh, but I don't think I really, really sort of found out who she was or sort of got her until the half point in the book two. And that's not even out until next year. Um, oh. Now, the first book is great. I've got her there. But I, for me, I didn't really learn who she was until half point of book two. And, and I actually sort of stopped writing to say, there she is. When I wrote that sentence, there she is. It's not in the first book. I've got enough in the first book to sort of give you a sense of who she might be. But I found her in book two. So um, some voices you get right away. Some voices sort of pop into your head and won't go anywhere. Uh, that's <laughs> cast. And then some you have to dig for. Uh, some you have to really peel the layers of that onion back and try to figure out what makes them work, uh, what they're fighting against, what it is that makes them move. And that was sort of slow coming for Harriet. But I think I sort of uh, got her pinned now. Yeah, I kind of like that. And I think, yeah, and it's tricky when it's like the first of a series where yeah. you have to. Yeah, because it is a new character, but it's like, do you you got to teeter that line where you still want to like leave more for the reader in mm -hmm. books too and whatever, exactly. but, yes. but yeah, but also you still want to like, it's helpful to have her fleshed out in your brain. Mm -hmm. At least it's like, yeah. you know, it's. And it doesn't help that I'm a pantser. So um, I, don't any, <laughs> I don't have an outline. I don't do those, you know, detailed character sketches. I just sort of meet the blank page, um, give her a problem uh, and then see what she does with it. And she's sort of closed mouth. Uh, she's internal most of the time. Um, she's not a great talker. Um, she's not in the coffee room sort of, you know, uh, spilling the tea on it. I mean, she's just sort of this. She's sort of an insulated sort of a character. And so I have to sort of go in there and try to dig stuff out. And uh, yeah. it took a little time. It took a little time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and then, like you said, that didn't happen with Cass at all because Cass was just yeah, with you for right this there. whole. Yeah. <laughs> so what like were your biggest lessons learned of like, embarking on that new experience of you know having to, to like figure out a character like this experience was different than developing and figuring out casts because a lot of that work had already been done for you or like mm -hmm. over like mm -hmm. you know over the years whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so what were like the biggest lessons learned to do like do you think you'll you'll take a different approach with foster kind of now that you're like understanding her a little bit more like is there anything that you you know, that you want to take with you going forward? Probably in this one, when I started this, I did more thinking than I did writing because her voice was so slow to come. Um, now that I think I know her, or at least as much as she's shown me, 
um, I still have to figure out more. So I don't know everything. I just know where she's coming from. And you don't sort of know where characters are or where they're going until they actually do something. So the more stuff that you can sort of make them do or put in their path mm. uh, to see how they act, that's how we learn who they are, right? Uh, if they're just standing in one spot and they tell you this and you have nothing to sort of come back that with, you know nothing. Um, you We know them by what they do. Uh, how they act, how they react to things. Um, so the more that I put in her path, the more she does, the more conflict and tension and stress that I pile on her shoulders, <laughs> there she is. There she is because she has to do something, right? She has to get out from under whatever that is. And by doing that, she reveals herself. And that goes for not only the, the main character, but secondary characters, mm. uh, characters that might only stay for a scene and go. Uh, all of that is the same. We don't learn who they are until they move, until they do something. So I have great uh, hope uh, that book two will be uh, a little bit more uh, rounded uh, than book one. And hopefully if we get to the three and four uh, book right. stage, uh, I, we will know more about Harriet than we know in book one or two. So I hope all of it is progression. All of it is sort of fanning out and sort of blossoming with this character because I think she's got many, many stories to tell. Uh, there are many levels that we haven't touched yet. Um, her personal trauma that she's going through, uh, the ongoing case with her last partner, that's unresolved. The, how she deals with the new situation, uh, there are tensions there that are unresolved. So there are three sort of prongs right there that I can sort of pick and pull and see where I can go with that. Mm. And then there are probably three or four more that I can sort of come up with on a whim uh, that might sort of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sort of uh, spread it out a little bit. So I there are things I can do with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's really fun. I bet that was really, like, even though it is challenging and you had to kind of, like, switch gears a little bit, I think it was it was probably really fun for you, too, just to kind of... Yeah, it's good for yeah. writers, I think, to sort of see what else you can do. Um, You can't sort of stick with one thing, although it might be comfortable. I had absolutely no problem at all putting Cass's voice on those pages. Uh, But, you know, you stagnate, don't you? Uh, You have to sort of branch out, see what else you can do, tell another story from a different angle, you know, just sort of um, keep yourself interested. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So like kind of going off of that a little bit, and I know you talked about it a little bit and like um, at the end of your, at the end of the book with like either your acknowledgements, I think it was where, so like the research that was involved, was your approach the same as with your previous series? Did you do anything different? Like, you know, how did these, how did the experience with this one, com- like the research and developing everything, how did that like, compared to um you know your your because not just like with the with the law enforcement in general but also because we have like one of your characters is like a a psychological uh psychiatry professional and so um you know there's you know little nuances that you want to be truthful to and authentic to there as well so kind of like bouncing back and forth like between those experiences like what um how was your research process? Did you approach it the same or, you know, did you find out you had to do things differently this time around? Things like that. I think you approach research the same. Uh, You want to be thorough. Uh, You want to be truthful. You want to make sure that you have a firm foundation in terms of what is allowed, what isn't. The first series, she's a PI. She can pretty much uh, do, you know, whatever she wants. Uh, It might not be completely legal, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but there's that leeway. There's that leeway. She's sort of a snarky character, PI, blah, 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 blah. Harriet's a detective. Uh, she has to follow the law. 
She has to follow the law and she has to follow the guidelines of her department. There are things she cannot do. She cannot bust through somebody's door uh, without a warrant. Although there, you know, I sort of judged it a little bit at the end of of, of, of uh, Hyde. Um, <laughs> it's probably as far as far as she can go. Um, yeah. But she's got guidelines that she's got to do. So I had to sort of ask my police people, uh, people like sort of call on to sort of uh, set me straight. Uh, what is allowed? What can you do? What happens in this situation? Who's the first one to sort of arrive at a crime scene? Who do they call first? Who touches the body first? All of those things I had to know uh, before I could write anything. It doesn't have to be completely 100% letter of the law. I mean, how p- police do it, but I have to follow the guidelines and then veer off maybe a little bit uh, before the fiction part of it. But I had to sort of get it straight. Who does what, when, uh, where, what happens after? this happens uh what kind of reports do you have to do uh who do you report to all those things i had to know and then you just sort of go and and write your story Uh, and if you have to sort of check back then you check back but you want to make sure that you sort of get it mostly right yeah (laughs) and i try to sort of do that um the psychological part i actually had to stop writing at that point when i sort of introduced that character to figure out what she would do and what the police could access in terms of what she did um, there are HIPAA laws. Uh, there are records that they cannot get. People are entitled to their health information, psychiatric or otherwise. And so I had to find out what they had, could have access to, how they could get it. And then I sort of started again. But I had to have that or else nothing would make sense. You want it to make sense. You want it to be realistic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you want it to be truthful as far as you can sort of tell that story. Um, so there was a, a fair amount that I had to do, a fair amount of it that makes me sort of stop writing and research a little bit and then start writing again. But, you know, you have to have to do the work. And it's not really that more, it's not really fun. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like math. Writers hate math, or at least I do. Um, so I said, oh, I, gotta, I don't know what's going to happen. So I have to stop and find, figure out what's going to happen. And then, you know, then I have to write again. So it's all good. <laughs> it's just it's not as fun as being able to, to bust somebody's door in. or Right. Or, uh, <laughs> Were there... Uh anything that you was there anything that you learned that you were surprised to learn like most fascinating thing that you learned while doing the research for this no because i i'm pretty was pretty certain that police work is not the easy it's not the it's sure. the hardest probably thing you can possibly do you they have given you a job but they've also given you a badge and a gun that's the power to end somebody's life and it's not something that you can take lightly it is not something that people who are not fit for the job should undertake. Um, so it's a great responsibility. And I, as I was writing this character, I felt responsibility to sort of tell the readers that or ex- express to the reader that part of it. This is a hard, difficult job. And I put sort of things in Harriet's path that sort of reflected that. Now, she's in a department that is primarily male. It's a militaristic department. Most police departments are. There was a time when the male officers didn't want the female officers in there at all. So even today, 2022, there's still that element. That's what Lonergan is. He's an old school cop, and he tells her that on the first time he finds her at that desk. I'm an old school cop. That means something different to her than it means to him. She's an African-American female in the department that does not want her, was not set up for her. And that's reflected even in the bathroom that I put her in. Uh, this bathroom 
it looks like it's been carved out of rock where they just left it. I mean, this is the bathroom <laughs> for you, for you chicks over there. Okay. That's it. That's your spot. Don't complain about it. That's where you got to go make the best of it. All right. So all those little elements, all those little sort of slights, all those little, little hits, uh, is what female police officers have to sort of deal with even today. And they've been in the, these departments for what, 30, 40 years. Uh, they started off as a children's matrons and sort of graduated up, you know, but there's still, there's still that little sort of division. And I wanted to sort of show that as well. But yeah. it's a difficult, a difficult thing. Uh, you've got a grave responsibility out there on the streets. And, you know, you get all the flowback from bureaucracies and mayors and all the, even the people in her community. She's African-American. She's in the police department in the city of Chicago. And even at her first crime scene at this start of this new book, she's getting it from the hecklers on on the bridge uh, who see her as the enemy. Um, she's, yeah. She's CPD. She's also black, but she's with them. She's not with us. Um, so all those little things, all those little things are pebbles in her shoe. That she has to sort of overcome. So as much as I can complicate it, um, that's my job. I love doing it. Uh, if I can find an angle uh, to make it even more difficult for her, I will take it. You know. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, and and you make such a good point with that because that was like one of my questions actually. Because like, you know, this um, in Hyde, there's like a, a running, you know, there's a narrative like kind of sprinkled in here where it's the protesters and, um, you know, law enforcement and how almost pretty much people see it as like two, you know, two sides to the same coin almost. But, you know, she is in kind of like you mentioned, she's in a, one of those, like, same with the cops who are people of color. They're kind of, you know, they're writing that line. They, they, they are living both sides of it. And yeah, there's that extra pressure on them. Like, you know, which side are you really on kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so you have certain scenes um, where she's just trying to do her job, but there's there's still that like social justice, that social, a little like slight social unrest Mm -hmm. on the backdrop of it. So what, how did you kind of like navigate that narrative, like the dynamic between, you know, the law enforcement and the the public, um, public opinion, I would say, and, you know, making it relevant, but also like kind of being authentic to it. Like, was that really, I imagine that was like really tricky to do or mm-hmm. unless you've just been, we've just all been, you know, paying attention to mm-hmm. current events um, well enough that we could kind of f- form our own opinions, but kind of like at the gist, we're all kind of seeing the same things. Right. Mm-hmm. So how did you kind of like navigate that between those both two sides into the storyline? I think uh, observation is probably the biggest thing. Um, I've got cops in my family. I've, I've heard the stories around the dinner table, uh, the kind of uh, tensions that they sort of deal with. Um, this is, as I said, was a, it's a difficult job and you've given this responsibility to people. Um, and most of them, the majority of them, I would say are really serious about doing a good job. Uh, there are those cops, uh, who should not be cops. It's just plain and simple. There are dentists who should not be dentists. Uh, there are gynecologists who should not be gynecologists. I mean, there are, in every job, sure. there are people and elements that are not fit for what they're asked to do. I think our responsibility as citizens is to sort of weed those people out of departments where the importance of the job it, it sort of has the ability to sort of end somebody's life or, you know, send it on its way. 
Um, you don't want people out there who should not be out there. So as I was writing this thing, I knew that there was that friction. I knew that there was that division between wanting to do a good job, having people on the department who should not be there, and then having to work with those people in that department, with those bosses, uh, political pressure from the mayor, the top on down, all of those things make for a really brewing cauldron of chaos uh, or can. And especially in the city of Chicago or big cities like New York City or Los Angeles, it's all the same. So I sort of had to, I didn't want to sort of make them all bad guys. I didn't also mm. want to make them all good guys because that's not what it is. Uh, you at some level want to tell the truth or as much as you know it or as much as you understand it and also have it be uh, engaging for the reader, entertaining for the reader and not being a treatise, but a novel. Um, so I wanted there to be that sort of kernel of truth this is what it is. This is what it can be. This, these are the people who are sort of dealing with all of this. And then how does this particular character fit in? Uh, where do we find Harriet in the mix of all of this? So she's getting it from her community. Uh, she's getting it from the people that she's interviewing as witnesses. Um, mm -hmm. She's getting it from her own department. Uh, she's getting it from the higher-ups. She's got to walk that line. Um, she's African-American. It has the same for Hispanic cops, same for Asian cops. They're the minority in the department that was not set up for them. And they are here, but they have not uh, sort of been accepted all the way. I mean, there's still that division. So I wanted to show that in uh, as a responsible way as I could possibly do it. And maybe I got it right, a little right, hopefully 99% or 95% right. I hope so. I hope cops are satisfied with that. I hope that right. <laughs> they not go in there and say, just step all over their crap and say, ha, ha, you know, that was not my intent. So I yeah. think I should have massaged it. <laughs> well, I think so. I uh, I think if you sort of introduce a bad character, you try to sort of balance it with a good one. Um, So to show readers or whoever that it's not all this. It's not all that. It's a mixture of everything. Yeah. And like going off with that, because it's like, yeah, you wanted to show the reality of, uh, the types of personalities you will find in um, that type of environment and who have been doing it for, you know, a couple decades. And, but yeah, it's like you still found a way to make Lonergan like multidimensional too, <laughs> even though you still like, no, this like people like this exists, but it's also like, he's still like a person and he's still, <laughs> you know, you almost want to find out what makes him tick because, in the beginning, you're just like, oh, God, poor Foster. Like, she, <laughs> but then, like, even he kind of surprises her a little bit too. But she, you know, she does, you know, first impressions definitely matter. Um, cause yeah, I think it was just one of the times where he had, they had to like go visit, uh, the parent, the victim's parents and give them the bad news and where she was like, oh, I, I was surprised he had, like, she, like, Foster was surprised she, ha he had it in him, like, to, mm -hmm tone it down to be like to have the appropriate level of like compassion and all that when dealing with this type of subject matter um and so it's like things like that where it's like oh okay like well then what's his problem then like why is he just the way he is like when he obviously has the capability to to not be an asshole you know it's like <laughs> He can and read the room to an extent, right? Like he's the same with every every character that we sort of deem a bad guy, right? I mean, they're not bad to them. They don't see themselves as bad. Yeah. They just have things that they need to get done, uh, desires that they have or needs that they have that they need to get met. 
that just doesn't seem to jive with whatever everybody else is going through. Um, yeah. He's, he's sort of a difficult character, but he's not a bad guy. I mean, if she is to foster, but I mean, he's got stuff going on. There are yeah. levels there. Uh, he's not yeah. just this. He's not just the asshole. He's got things. And yeah. we'll sort of find more of those things in book two. But it's, it's like peeling, again, uh, layers of an onion back. So we we meet him here in Hyde, uh, not particularly uh, take to him. Uh, maybe we will in book three or four. Uh, maybe we will see more of what his problem is and where he's coming from and why he simply cannot deal with this new configuration that he's got going in his in his district. <laughs> yeah, though that's what I figure because I've I've uh, I think I've finished reading all of. All of your books, because I remember I started with Runner and then I went back because I know I did the audiobooks, but I remember like just go, kind of going off of that. I was just, you know, little things where I could kind of tell you're setting it up for mm-hmm. later or you're just kind of sprinkling in like beginnings here and there. And I'm like, oh, she'll get to that. Like, we'll yeah. find out. Like, she'll I get like, to that. I like sprinkling. Yeah. I'm like, there's good. something for later. Yeah. I, I could just because I'm familiar with like your work and because it is a series, it's like, well, yeah, she's got a. She's gonna lay it lay it out a little bit. She can't she can't front load the reader with all, all of right. her with all, what's going on like right away. So, yeah, and yeah, I and that's like the beauty of it of just creating realistic characters, but also where you're like, oh well, I was okay. That's an interesting feature that we didn't know that was a part of him. And like, okay, like all right, like we'll see what we'll see what else is going on with you, you know. It's um, just but, like reality. I mean, when you meet somebody, um, you don't know everything about them at that first yeah. time, right? You just see the first impression or maybe one or two things that you sort of notice, and that's interesting. Uh, but you're not getting everything. You're not getting their heart. You're not getting their soul. That stuff you get the, the further, uh, the closer you get to them. And it's sort of like that. You sort of give them that impression, and then you learn a bit more as you go. And uh, you finally sort of get to the meat of the matter when you know someone well. So... Uh, you know, just like human nature in, in life, books sort of try to sort of monkey that or hate that and, and, you know, see how we go. Yeah. And which I, cause like, well, this isn't really a spoiler, but cause like she kind of has to switch partners a little bit or she switched people who she's working with. And, uh, Lee is like ready to, to bond. She's like ready to, <laughs> to get to know her. And it's too like, much. Like right no, it's away. Too much. It's too much. <laughs> It was too much for Harriet. It was too much for me. But that's how Lee came in. Uh, that's how she came in. She came in there. We're best buddies. We're partners now. And this is how we're going to go. It. Let's go. And Harriet's like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to yeah. literally die. <laughs> but it's sort of I like that sort of interplay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Partner, oil and water. Second partner comes in hugging. I mean, literally almost hugging. And she can't take it. I mean, what, yeah. what do you want, Harriet? What do you want? <laughs> Although I think uh, Lee was definitely like a good fit for her, even though she comes off like strong and, and, but I think she'd probably be one of the only characters that would be able to like pull her out the most a little bit, like to, to let her uh, get her to let her guard down and to get her to peel back those layers a little bit more easily. Cause she's just, she's just straight up. And it's not like, you know nothing nefarious she's just straight up like i want to get to know the person i'm like working with like i mm-hmm. she's like here here's here's me you know and and the, like it's but there are people like that too it's just like it's so funny because yeah there are people yeah. who are just like 
we'll 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 go in head first and be like, hi, we're like you're gonna be we're gonna be friends now, or I'm gonna get to know you, and there's little you could do about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and from Lee's perspective, it's it's ultimately important, right? Um, you are partners. You're going out on the street together. Um, she Harriet has to save her life, maybe, and Lee has to do the same for her. And you have to trust, and you have to sort of build that trust. Uh, hopefully over the time, but Lee's coming in there, gangbusters. Um, she wants that trust now, and Harriet yeah. is sort of. <laughs> I, I can't take it. I just can't. <laughs> no, I I think that was one of like my favorite parts where you kind of just because you think about like, oh, what am I going to put my character through? And I think that was almost like a more fun thing to put her through compared to everything else. But where she's like, has a coworker who like wants to like get the more chummy wants to get to know her better. And she's like, that's the last thing I want to do right now. <laughs> like, we have <laughs> work to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, not interested. <laughs> so what, so like a two parter question. Um, so what were like your favorite parts to write and then what were um the most challenging parts to write? Mm, I think the most fun parts for me to write are the action scenes. I love action scenes for some weird reason. I don't know what where it comes from. <laughs> um I, I wasn't a great fan of action movies. Um I just love because it's sort of the ultimate conflict, right? I mean, you are in a position now where you have been asked or forced to sort of get physical with somebody. And um, I love sort of writing those. Um, how does it happen? What sets it up? How does she get out? Um, I, so that was probably be my best things, action scene. Um, what were the most challenging were the scenes with her at her home, because I have no concept of what that might be. Um, she's got this cloud over her. And her reaction to that is to just sort of isolate herself. I mean, so much to the point where there's absolutely nothing that is unnecessary in her home. There's not a picture on the wall. Um, she's got no plants, uh, no pets uh, that belong to her. Yeah. <laughs> um, minimal furniture. Um, very little in her refrigerator. Who lives like that? I mean, nobody lives like that successfully. So right there, we know that this Harriet is going through some stuff. And those were the hardest to write because I have no concept of what what, what would sort of propel somebody to, to do that. Um, yeah. I would think that before you got to that point, um, you would talk to somebody, go somewhere to sort of figure out how you can sort of move forward. But she doesn't do that. Um, she's sort of trying to carry all of this stuff on her on her shoulders. And this is the result. She's living in a house where she probably shouldn't be um, for, you know, certain reasons that, I you know, will come in the book. But She's not living well. Let's just say she's not living a successful life. She's a wonderful investigator, brilliant. Um, she's solving these cases. Bam, she's out on the street getting it done. And then personally, she's closed off and completely isolated. And we have to have a resolution to that. And she gets a little further with it in book two. Not a lot uh, because we're in series and we're sort of sprinkling it through. But she's got to learn something and she's got to move and she's got to advance and she's got to change. And so that's the challenge for me. Was that similar to like a challenge of, of the, with the cast rain series? Do you think, was that something that you didn't necessarily like anticipate being challenging? What the, the character itself or? Yeah. Well, like, will you develop the character and like you saying the, the more challenging parts was kind of like making it just like adding that part to her. Right. So like, was it, was that similar to, 
any challenges developing Cass? Um, yeah, because Cass too had her thing. Um, Cass's thing was that she could not forgive. Uh, forgiveness yeah. is a pretty big thing with human yeah. beings, right? If we don't forgive, then all that hate and revenge and whatever internalizes and it annuls us. It changes us. And that's Cass's thing. She's got this thing in here that she cannot let go or hasn't been able to get let go. And then she's got to live like that. And the challenge with that series was finding a way to dig that out and have her move ahead, forgive, not forget, but forgive and move ahead. And so that was her challenge. That was the challenge of that protagonist. Similar almost a little to Harriet, but different because different Harriet just sort of shut down, shut down completely. Uh, One side of her brain is working. Uh, shows up for work, does it, gets it done. The other side is gone. Um, she just let it go. So that was sort of challenging to deal with. But Cass, you know, she's she's holding on to this crap like <laughs> like it's a diamond, like it's a diamond. And she's just sort of pushed forward, uh, going on with her life and getting things done, dating, going off. She she's living her life, but she's got this little coal, little nugget of coal in there that she can't let go. So yeah. I like giving characters something that they have to struggle with. Yeah. Yeah, I think it makes them interesting. I, I as all human beings are interesting because of what they carry and what they let are able to let go. Yeah, absolutely, and that's part of like just trying to find a way to make it to make the characters like relatable and mm-hmm. likable, even because like yeah, you you even though they're like quirks or they're things, it, you still want you know they're still likable. Like that's what like I about about cast is I can kind of like relate to that a little bit where you find a hard time letting go of things or you just like remember and it's like you don't want to say forgive and forget like i i i'm just i'm not very good at like i'm not good at saying sorry myself like <laughs> like you know and so it's really hard for me and i i'll blame my dad for that cuz i i know like i i see that in him too but yeah it's like a relatable thing where you kind of you're like, well, I, I, it's hard to like let go because like I remember that thing that happened, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. every time you see that person or you encounter a similar situation, you might just be like, like you might automatically just, oh, I know how this is gonna end up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I already see how this is gonna play out, and so yeah, it's it kind of makes them relatable in a way where where Cass is like, you know, it, no hell no, <laughs> and then um, Eva were Foster where she's just like. She's trying every, she's trying to hold it in, like, even when, with her partner, with Lonergan making, like, just some of the comments he was making. And I'm just like, you are a better woman than me because <laughs> she just sit there with, like, 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 all right. And, but I guess, you know, she, she's a tough cookie. She's got to learn. Like, I, it seems like with him, with a character like him, you can't, like, you gotta, got, you kind of have to, like, spar with him a little bit you got to just give you shoot it right back at him give it give Mm -hmm. it right back to him like he's gonna like he's tough enough to talk shit he's gonna be tough enough to take it too you know he's like you gotta like no here fine like that's how you want to be you know because otherwise it's yeah if she like flips out i felt so bad too because she was like it's been two days like she (laughs) (laughs) she's like it's day two and like i'm already (laughs) it was so funny but that is like when her uh the department lead when she's like okay we're switching things up and she's just like what no, no like no, 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 no. yeah because it's like i thought that was interesting too because she's like I, you'd think that she'd be glad to get rid of him at the same time 
I think she can see, she sees it as like, am I really showing that much like disdain? Like, is it really that easy to see? Like, is, am I really showing it that much where Mm -hmm. I, I can't handle it? Cause she's like, no, I can handle him. Like, what's this about? You know? And it ended up being like, fine. But yeah, it was just really interesting to see her be like, wait a second. Like, wait, what are you? Cause like, I thought she'd be jumping for joy that she'd get rid of him. But then she's like, no, what is this no, about? Like, because I can, Lana can, Lana can, she can handle. Um, Lee is different. Um, we look at her last partner and what happened with her. And now you're giving her another partner much like her that she has to sort of bond with because this partnership is a bond. Um, yeah. didn't work with Lana again. But for most partners, for most police partners, uh, they become best friends or at least, uh, they sort of find some happy medium and they can sort right. of coexist together. But the boss has given her a female partner, much like the one she had before that did not end well. And she's afraid that she'll get close again, uh, yeah. bond, and then the same thing will happen. So she will take Lonergan from here until next Tuesday because she can deal with Lonergan. Uh, she can't deal with another loss. Uh, she can't deal with another bond that just sort of breaks. And with Harriet, um, in book one, she sort of, sort of ends it at a really good place and sort of a solid place. But there's going to be a breaking point. She has to, there has to be a breaking point. Um, there's just so much you can internalize. There's just so much you can carry, so much weight you can sort of have on you without dealing with it before something breaks. Mm. Um, so we'll see whether that break happens in book two or three. Um, but there's going to be a time, uh, when that's not going to work anymore and she's going to have to deal and, that's the same with uh, real people. Uh, it's the same yeah. with people. It makes it sort of engaging for the reader because they recognize what humanity is, uh, right? Uh, we see humans on the page. Ah, I, I know what that, that feels like. I know what that looks like. So, yeah, she's doing good now. Uh, she's solving these cases, catching the murderers. She's going to break. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that. I and I love the anticipation too. Like, no, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Like, just you know, <laughs> you only work it so far before you know everything goes, and you have to exactly. Sort of yeah, absolutely. Um, so, just a couple more questions before we wrap up here. So, so this might be a little tricky for you to answer, but I kind of want to see what you would say. What advice do you think Cass Reigns would give to Harriet Foster, and vice versa? Cass would probably just say, "Get over it." Um, you know, keep it, keep it moving. I think that's one of Cass's favorite things. Keep it moving. Life changes. Uh, stuff happens. Keep it moving. Keep moving forward and go on to the next thing. That's Cass's advice to any yeah. to Harriet or to anybody. Yeah. It's not really sympathetic in terms of, you know, the, the sort of whining and sort of the, the navel gazing. That's not Cass. Keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> and then do you think, um, so has Harriet Foster, she's got a few more years on the force under her belt. Um, cause they both went through traumatic things, but Harriet's choosing to stay. Cass is choosing. She, she chose to, to leave. Is it fair to say that Harriet has more experience than Cass or maybe just different types of experience? And then also, do you think she would have any advice to share, to share with Cass? Um, I think Harriet stays because it's not just the job for her. It's who she is. If she did not have that badge on or that gun at her side, she would probably still be the same kind of person uh, trying to go out there and either help her community or make a difference 
Um, so it's an, a sort of internal pull. The job just sort of puts her in a position where she can sort of make uh, some contact with the community and with the city that she works for and sort of make a difference for people, make them safe and protect them. That's her, that's her thing. She wants to make people safe and protect them. And that's probably the nut of what is bothering her because she failed to be, be able to do that for mm. the one person, for the one person that that was her main function, right? Um, she couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. Despite the gun in the badge, she could not be there and do it. And so she wants to do it for everybody else. That's Harriet. Cass saw her, her sort of a pull out from the department as a betrayal. Um, mm-hmm. That when broken places opens up, something happens to her that makes her think differently about the entire unit, yeah. the entire department. Um, this is what she needed to do to save this kid. And somebody came in and messed that up. And then instead of that person sort of suffering the consequences of that heinous thing, the department um, justifies it. Yeah. And so now she's in a position of, well, you know, I was forced to do this. The department's not backing me up. I can't work for people like this when there are lives at stake. Yeah. So there was a conscious decision to go because it was not fitting with what she knew was right. And then there's on the hand of Harriet staying because this is who she is. This is where she can do the most good. Um, And, you know, basically, what else could she do and, and still do that without being in that position? So this is where she needs to be. This is where she can serve and protect, even though it didn't work for her on a personal level. And that's who she is. And so it's sort of a different thing, but internal, it's all internal. It's all what yeah. they need, what they desire, what they what they can't get, what they have to get, what they can't. People are standing in their way, preventing them from, get, preventing them from getting it. And it's all struggle. It's all tension. It's all stress. And we learn how people, the characters are, by sort of having yeah. to go through all of that mix. So, yeah. Yeah. I imagine that's like probably a fun, most fun for a lot of authors is just kind of throwing, throwing things at them and just seeing what. (laughs) Let's see what you do with this. Yeah. You're like, I swear I love my characters. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you do love them, but you know, like like we're people and they're book people, but they're people and they have to sort of, they have flaws, things they get right, things they get wrong, uh, things they can't understand, things they get. Um, so it's all good. It's, it's all yeah. sort of a, a melting pot of good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, okay, you're talking about book uh, two a little bit. What can um, what can readers look forward to without, you know, that you're willing and able to talk about? All right. Uh, book two in the series is titled Fall. And uh, this opens up maybe two or three months after the end of the first book. No. Uh, Harriet is healed and everything's good uh, physically. Uh, still have like, uh, <laughs> a little thing going on, you know. But um, someone is on the city uh, streets killing corrupt aldermen. Uh, we have fifty here in Chicago. Uh, I think I kill three, uh, okay. but somebody is killing aldermen, and Harriet and her team have to figure out uh, what connects the death. Um, who wants them dead? Who wanted them dead? And what really the strange thing is that they're finding 30 dimes on each one of the bodies, uh, 30 pieces of silver. Um, so that connects the three. Uh, and they have to figure out 
who these three portrayed. And we have our list of suspects and we have our team of homicide detectives. Uh, the boss is back, uh, Sergeant Griffin with her cantankerous self. Uh, Lonergan is back uh, with his curmudgeon personality. And Harriet and Lee are back. A little bonded better, but not completely because Harriet is, is Harriet. And uh, those are the sort of uh, thing, balls that are in motion. Uh, and I hope people will like fall as much as they enjoy Hyde. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're following your recipe, I imagine it's hard. There's not much to not like because, I, like I said, you you have a thing for the uh, crime suspense thriller genre. I'm a sucker for it, and you do it so well. So I just I enjoy. I think it was just so easy for me to get sucked in, and I had to like just remember that I had a life outside the book. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> I, cause it, like I said, I wasn't feeling well the past couple of days. So I'm like, if I could just like rest and like reading is my brain is functioning. Okay. Like let's get down to business. And then I was like, Oh, all right. All right. This is good. Like, so <laughs> it was very, it was a nice couch read and, um, very easy to get sucked in. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it and it's, it's definitely up there and one of the top, the top suspenses I've read this year. So, um, thank, thank you, you so for that effort. Yeah. Thanks for the sure. opportunity. So we got Hyde, Tracy Clark, second cantina conversation. Hyde is available on January 1st, but if you're prime reads, Amazon prime member, uh, you might have seen it amongst your choices this month um but other than that it's coming out in a couple weeks so no you don't have to wait for too much longer so tracy clark thank you once again and um do you for your uh website social you want to plug that real quick um i'm at tracy clark books uh my website uh i'm on twitter and facebook and uh instagram so i have absolutely you know what my, what my candles are just type my <laughs> name in uh, my facebook pop up uh send me a note yeah <laughs> perfect <laughs> all right well thank you so much and i'm um, definitely looking forward to the next one awesome thank you so much and there you go that was tracy clark talking about hide which is available on new year's day january 1st um but you know if you are a member of the prime first reads group then you uh have probably seen the title seen the cover on your emails but so if you want to do that that's available now but otherwise just a couple days please rate review subscribe check out the links in the show notes to follow her on twitter facebook all that stuff and also links to purchase Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, The Nerd Cantina and Cantina Book Club. And thank you so much for listening. Happy New Year. And keep an eye out for more book reviews and author interviews to come in the new year.